You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked off. Intercepted. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy fix. And for that, we are pleased to be joined by our pal, Michael Harmon, fantasy analyst, SwollenDome.com. Mike, so many talented first-year running backs to choose from, but if you got to pick one, who do you think has the most favorable matchup? Who's going to have the biggest scoring day week one? Week one, I'll take Dalvin Cook going up against New Orleans. Obviously, we're still waiting to see exactly what what flows behind what is a makeshift and reconstituted offensive line for the Vikings. Uh, but with Murray still coming back off the ankle, we're not sure what his role is, short yardage, goal line, question mark. But Dalvin Cook, both as a receiver and as a runner, should have a field day going up against a pretty porous Saints defense. And when you were teasing it, you know, and, and we heard the McCaffrey highlight, I really thought you were going to do an Al Stewart year of the cat reference. So wow, I'm a little disappointed. Wow. Yeah, and by the way, kids, Google should be available when Mike joins us because none of the references are within the last quarter century. Cordell, your turn. Yes. Speaking of backs, Mike, uh, do you start Le'Veon Bell week one or the concerns about his load in practice this week is going to make you nervous? As long as he's activated, you, you went and drafted him in the first round, he's in your lineup. And if, you know, we always have our concerns about how much we'll see of him, and the, obviously the injury specter is out there over the whole season. But going up against Cleveland, I got to feel that we see at least enough of him to where he's a top five, top six option along the way, because Cleveland's not going to put up a ton of resistance here. If you're looking for great fantasy advice and obscure references, look to Mike Harmon, swollendome.com. Mike, you should have gone Year of the Cat slash Catman Do going back and forth. I think I would have gone Catman Do if I was digging deep for the illusion. Back to football. DeAndre Hopkins, now the highest paid receiver in our league. Is he going to come through this year now that he doesn't have Brock Osweiler to slow him down? That is a fantastic uh, reference to saddle up with mine. Uh, Hopkins, uh, top end, number two wide receiver right now. I've got him, you know, in that 15 to 17 range overall, just trying to see exactly how this plays out because you look at the rest of the cast around him in terms of his receivers. We know how great the defense is. You know you got Lamar Miller and, and Foreman back there as he acclimates to the league. That, that should be fine. But now we're looking at Tom Savage and trying to push the ball downfield. Obviously, the great contract, uh, and I know he, he had some comments and, and trying to put it all in perspective given the damage and devastation of Harvey. But when we look at his production on the field, I just don't know that on, on a week-to-week basis we're going to be able to comment, you know, be content and, and be confident that we're going to see top-end efforts out of him. But as a second-wide receiver, feeling pretty confident based on the number of targets. Mike, which back for the Eagles would you like to have on your fantasy team? Out of for the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. I, I think I'd like to wait, and then I'll take Darren Sproles later and roll the dice, especially if I'm getting the point per reception. And that'll have himself a, a nice workload. I, although on the overall, when we're looking at starting running backs, you are getting pretty decent value uh, out of LeGarrette Blount because people are afraid that there's a giant, you know, fall off from the New England uh, excess 
to here in Philadelphia that those goal line opportunities won't be as plentiful. And so I think you get a, get him at a little bit of a discount, but still I'd be going for somebody else as that second running back and, and waiting later on to take Sproles as a, as a fourth with some upside. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber. The Fantasy Fix provided by Michael Harmon, fantasy analyst from SwollenDome.com. Mike, we know that wide receivers can be plug-and-play, especially when we're talking about slot receivers. So what fantasy advice would you have for owners who drafted Julian Edelman and lost him to the torn ACL? Yeah, as you go down the road, I mean, I think what you, you had an opportunity, if you're just looking for a, a plug-and-play for value of guys that are just going to amass a ton of targets and receptions, guys like Cole Beasley went undrafted. Guys along that ilk, when, when we look at New England proper, I think there's some value to be had for James White, who would have been one of the last, final rounds, perhaps, depending on how deep your league was. He might have gone undrafted altogether as well, giving yourself an option uh, as well. Danny Amendola, maybe you stash and wait and see how he rolls out, uh, how much you trust Cooper Cup. Uh, of the Rams, all the talk of the rapport that he has with Jared Goff and and just trying to find a security blanket there in that Rams offense as McVay uh, tries to bring Goff along. So you've got an opportunity and certainly week one going up against Indianapolis. That, that might be one of those one-week roll of the dice if you're playing at a daily league uh, going for this week. Uh, going beyond that, uh, you look at Chicago, there's not a lot with the receiving core, so veteran Kendall Wright might be worth a flip. And then somebody's got to catch the ball in New York. I know that's hard to believe given all the projections out there. <laughs> so Robbie Anderson is the guy that, that is the last man standing, uh, Jeremy Curley notwithstanding. You're talking about receivers and, and guys who can have a good year, but when you talk about receivers trending and ready to have a big season, I've heard a few mention Alshon Jeffries as a guy to watch. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, the, the question is, can he stay healthy, right? I mean, we watched it in Chicago the last couple of years where you'd have some monster games and he'd be the, the go-to target with making some ridiculous catches in support of Jay Cutler, and then the injury bug would hit and, and away he'd go. So it's the same thing here. So fantasy owners, a bit reticent to really push all the chips to the center of the table on him. He's been going as a mid-second wide receiver, uh, except, you know, you look at some of the – industry drafts, people rolling the dice thinking that um, Carson Wentz is going to take that huge step forward. So certainly uh, an opportunity there. Martavis Bryant coming back off of suspension. Yes, you have the knucklehead effect, but just looking at the, what the offense projects and trying to do anything they can to slow down Bell and Antonio Brown, the, the opportunity is there on the table for Bryant. And if you're a believer in Kirk Cousins, then Terrell Pryor has really pushed forward. Uh, I think just getting away and actually having a logo on his helmet uh, has been good for his draft business. Talking fantasy football, one of the best in the business, Michael Harmon, SwollenDome.com. Mike, last one for me. What's your philosophical approach to Patrick Mahomes? Would it be worth stashing him on a bench? I know you're burning a roster slot. Because as I'm thinking about how things could play out in Kansas City, I think his big arm is going to be very tempting for Andy Reid. Yeah, I think if the offense sputters, and obviously week one, a tough task going with New England out of the gate, I, I think Mahomes a guy, depending on how deep your, your roster is in terms of bench positions and your ability to, to hold 
hold out, I, I think it's certainly the value there when you look at Hill, when you look at the way this offense is set up with Travis Kelsey, that the opportunity is, is definitely going to be there. It's just a matter of when they flip that, that switch and bring him in. So I, I would agree. I, I think he's a guy that has tremendous upside, and as we're looking at the quarterback position where it gets muddled in the middle, uh, where, where you look at potential upside uh, as things get flowing, particularly with Kareem Hunt, I don't know how much you're, you're going to be able to say, all right, here's 25 touches a game from you. I think you got to get creative uh, in the offense, so that means bringing in the, the big arm Mahomes uh, is going to be better for business. So I, I think a stash and wait and see is certainly there. Mike, as always, we appreciate the insights. You know me well enough that if I think a bit's working, I'm going to beat it into the ground. So as we say goodbye, if we're talking Panthers down the road, you want to go with Cat's Scratch Fever or What's New Pussycat? Because I know you're a big Tom Jones guy. Well, anytime you can get Tom Jones in there, that means everybody gets their slide-over baby music on, the leather pants get flowing, and, and you know, all things kind of get, get a little bit crazy, a little bit sideways. Uh, with Ted Nugent, you go down a whole political thing. <laughs> I don't think we need right now. Okay, and next time, try to drop in an Engelbert Humperdinck reference, because Cordell loves when you talk about crooners from the 70s. There you go, singing to sleep after the loving. <laughs> See you guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.